Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I hardly know her. This show is not suitable for young listeners due to explicit language and sometimes explicit themes. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's me, Melody, bringing you another re-release. This is part two of episode 14. It was a dark and stormy night with Sarah Wright and Justine Cruz Campo. And we're getting spooky with some spooky listener stories. Hope you enjoy. I have a couple more re-releases coming up and then I'll get back into that fresh content for your hungry, hungry ears. Thanks for your patience and for indulging me in this little break and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 14 of Teach Me Tiger. Part two. dark and stormy night mm. we were eating chili and drinking dark and stormy in the corner mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i can start really like noisy but it's not that bad smelling that's good but that's be, a like, great quality thank you mine's silent but deadly yeah mm-hmm. creepers not I've never good. smelled one of your farts i'm pretty good about not farting around people my mom only farts on the toilet She's like, what are you, that's disgusting. Like, what are you, I turned around. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Spooky. My stepdad one time farted when I was a kid. Like, so young, I, like, got into bed with him in the morning. And Dave's butt went, (laughs) 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 And we all just, like, got quiet and listened, and then we were hysterical. (laughs) And then for years, we'd be like, be you. <laughs> when the baby walks, it sounds like applause behind her sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Farting. Or like a pigeon. Ian did a pigeon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pigeon in your pants. The other day, uh, Chris called Holly a stinky butt. And she said, I'm not a stinky butt. You're a stinky butt. And he said, I'm not a stinky butt. And she was like, well, you do fart a lot in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we laughed. Dave used to call me Squirty Butt. That was his <laughs> pet name for me. And I didn't realize till I was we way went older. Straight to poop, quick. Yeah, every time. Wow, every time. Happens every time. Yeah, we always come back to poop. Spooky poopy. But why is it a dark and stormy night? Because it's the ghost episode. And we're sipping on some. We're two. sipping on some oh, yeah. dark and stormy. So Let's all clink. Let's clink, clink. Cheers, you guys. Cheers. On to our next story. (laughs) This is from Nicole. Hi, my name is Nicole Giles. I am calling from Nunavut, but I am from Newfoundland. So this happened to me. Um, I used to live in downtown St. John's, which is pretty old, like still cobblestone in some places. And I was living across the street uh, on the corner of two streets from an old church Mm -hmm. called the Kirk. And... um, a lot of weird stuff happened in this place. So I lived with my boyfriend at the time. And so, like, the TV would turn off with us watching it with the remote control on the table in front of us, for example. Or a DVD would stop playing. Get a new TV, and there was nothing girl. wrong. Or <laughs> Chris would be uh, like, lights no. would turn off or turn on. And there was also one wall where we had two cats, and they would sit in front of it and just scream. It was really weird. Anywho, the worst part of it was uh, there was one day yeah. I was... I'd gotten home from school and I was taking a shower and my boyfriend at the time 
I was in the shower and I could. I'm just going to pause it for a second because she cut out. So I got in touch with her to find out what we missed there. So she's having her shower and she hears someone singing loudly in the hallway. Someone she doesn't know? Just hears a man's voice singing. Okay. And then he, I guess the, she's about to explain it, I think, but the bathroom door, like, really sticks. So you have to kind of, like, throw your body on it to open it. Oh, my God. He knocked into the bathroom door. Like, you had to thunk into it to get it open. And he he knocked into the, the bathroom door and dropped what sounded like I thought like a set of keys maybe in the in the bathroom sink while I was in the shower. And so I just called out hey and, and carried on. And when I got out of the shower, uh there was there was no one there. And uh there was there was no music playing anywhere, like the computer wasn't on, it wasn't like that. Like there was no I heard a man singing and there was nothing in the sink either. And so when my boyfriend eventually came home several hours later, mm-hmm. I asked him, you know, why he didn't say hi when he came home. And he said, what are you talking about? And he had been, he had been on a bike ride for the last six hours or some such with mm-hmm. a couple of his friends. And so he had no opportunity to return home and there was no one else with a key, which is very weird. And so at that time I was in university, I was doing a course called, uh, folklore and the supernatural and so i brought yes, this up with amazing. my professor during class time and she she was basically like get the hell out <laughs> and so i did a bit of research on my own and it turned out that in the land they dug up all the anglican all the catholic bodies from the anglican church across the street from where i lived and they had all stacked <gasps> the bodies on the corner of the street where i lived and i guess a bunch of Jesus. people who lived in my building caught diseases from the dead bodies and died as a result of oh these God. bodies being dug up. And oh my God. that's my ghost story. Fuck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, ooh, ew. Ew. It sounds like, um, so in Europe, uh, well, in lots of places, there was a lot of death, like plague and shit, mm-hmm. right? And so in Paris, they have the catacombs that you can go into under oh, yeah. the city. And it's like miles of Piles of bones. Human bones. That have yeah, been like underground placed and like, together in a nice new pattern. Like we tore you up and fucking put you back together how we like as mm-hmm. walls. Chris and went I, in there. It, it's crazy. Chris yeah. and I also went to this um, in the Czech Republic. We were staying in Eastern Germany and took a train to, um, I can't remember the name of the town, but it's in the Czech Republic. They had a cathedral that was decorated entirely with human bones oh so the chandelier was made <gasps> with bones yeah. and like all of the shit on the walls like Why? all of these crazy sculptures made of skulls and and human and bones. bananas what the fuck because so many people died from the plague they just had all of these unnamed bodies like just dead bodies bones and bones and bones and bones and they're like well waste not want not this place could use a little spruce again. I, I need a new light, you know? <laughs> great in here. Just something a little, a little spooky. Cool. Terrifying. Next. Next. Hello, this is Ian calling in for the Teach Me Tigers podcast segment regarding ghost stories. I'd like to start this by saying I never used to believe in ghosts until I lived in Windsor, Ontario. Uh, It's an old town, lots of old houses, lots of stories. This happened in the top floor of a duplex that a friend and I were renting in second year. Uh, My flatmate, she was the first to see the entities that were occupying the unit. But our significant others at the time, anyone who spent time in that unit saw at least one of the three entities. There was a cat, a woman, and a man. And so the cat sounds, I know it sounds strange, but uh, it was like there was a cat in the apartment. You would see it out of the corner of your eye, winding around the door frame or walking down the hall close to the wall like cats do. And you'd go and there'd be nothing. I remember I spent 10 minutes trying to find this, what I thought was a stray cat that got in our apartment only to be told, no, it's not real. Um, the second entity was a woman. Um, my flatmate's significant other, she woke up in the middle of the night to find this woman standing over their bed, woke up in a panic, woke everyone up only to find no one in the apartment. Uh, And the woman, 
uh, was the one that really changed my mind. The cat I kind of wrote off. But when I saw the woman, uh, she was passing through a doorway between our kitchen and our dining room. And it was the motion of whatever she was wearing, like a white dress (laughs) or a house coat or a long nightshirt. The movement of the clothing around her ankles was what caught my attention. And as I looked over and up, she just kind of faded away. But I had definitely seen something. Um, The third entity was a man. Uh, I never actually saw the man. My flatmate had the very upsetting experience of uh, sitting alone at the dining room table, eating alone in the apartment, only to look up and see the man reflected in the windows standing right behind her. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was very upsetting, and it took a long time to get over that. I started having experiences where things would move around, like an assignment for school I would leave on my desk, and I would find it in another room tucked in a book. Something I would never do. Sassy. And then I, my experience with the man was I was sitting alone in the apartment and I heard my name almost shouted right, almost right beside me. And I jumped and I, I searched the entire apartment to see if there was anyone there that I had missed. And there was no one. And it was definitely a man's voice. And it was right beside me saying my own name. Mm-hmm. loudly so that changed my perception on it like I said I never used to believe in ghosts until I had these experiences finally someone crossed over so to speak could he narrate something for me could somebody think of Wait, something do you know what, he, what a that, voice an actor. I, I don't know that Is he, he acts really? anymore but he's he a very rich to. voice mm-hmm He's an actor. He's an actor. This is all a ruse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine? How'd <laughs> I do? Just on you. We made the whole thing up. We yeah. did all of those voices. That's We're actors. The story of my yeah. life with the TV shows. You never know what's real. None of it. Because it's so easy to make something spooky. Guys. What? Have you seen uh, Magic for Humans? No. What? It's this new show on Netflix, and it's what? this guy that does magic, and it's, like, hilarious, and he's really hip, and he's got, like, tattoos. He's, like, a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, magic. <laughs> and then Chris and his dad looked up on the internet, and apparently he CGI's shit in the show. Oh, fuck no. off. And edits stuff in. Like, Aww. he's not actually doing half the shit that it looks like he's doing That's in the show. That's not edgy, Isn't that the lamest? That's not edgy. Yeah. Lame. That's no Chris Boo. Angel. Boo. Mind freak. Mind freak. Mind freak. <laughs> <laughs> so intense. I hate that guy. Yeah. Mind freak. <laughs> Mind freak. <laughs> okay, so this one's not as spooky. A little respite Oof. for Sarah. Because she's a chicken. Give you a break. <laughs> I am named after a ghost. Now, this ghost is not named Emmett. In fact, this ghost may be part of the reason that I go by Emmett now. Okay. So, my great-grandmother's name was Emily. Uh-huh. Scary music. And my mother claimed that she was a friendly presence in her home uh-huh. growing up in the farmhouse in Locust Lane. And um, both me and my brother actually are named after deceased loved ones of my mom, who she had dreams about. Shortly before we were born. Okay. Ooh, so, um, so I was named after my great grandmother Emily, and I have to say, like, I, I like the name, and I, I always like hearing stories about her, and especially hear stories about her uh, beyond the grave. But it did make me kind of feel like it was not a name for everyday use. Right. Where <laughs> I started wow. looking about for potential alternate names. Wow. And landed on Emmett because uh, I don't know anybody dead with that name. <laughs> so it seems a little, it feels a little bit more like mine. So I have to say, like it's um, sometimes like sometimes you're sitting on a sitting on a ghost name, and and you kind of gotta you gotta move because like ghosts will get their way. Right. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so yeah. good. Emmett, you're awesome. That's, that's my story. So, but what what did Emily the ghost do? She's around. See, this is another one where, like, much like you, you need to check in with your mom. My mom would have a better story about about Emily oh. and the ghost, but she was like, 
around so, and yeah my mom and her her and high school best friend has, has has confirmed this for me like yeah no we were definitely were like yeah no emily's emily's around yeah yeah but that's um that's my story okay so i contacted emmett's mom <laughs> molly <laughs> to Molly, of course molly. amazing hey molly <laughs> to inquire about the ghost of emily her response was a little like I don't know. She didn't come right out and say what she saw or didn't see, but I'll read it to you. It's interesting. My best friend from high school was here, who I shared two of the night's adventures of Emily. She remembers nothing, perhaps because she had undetected Lyme disease since the mid-1970s, but it made me question my own experiences. What I can say is Emily, my grandmother, was a very large presence in our house. She died tragically in a car accident at age 60 before I was born. We lived in the farmhouse that my family moved into when my dad was one. Emily was living with my parents when she died. She was a poet, a college graduate, a woman who went with other Quakers and sat on the lawn of the White House in Washington, D.C. to protest when the U.S. dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. She was still there when they dropped the bomb on Nagasaki three days later. She was a spirit larger than life for me as a child. When Valerie did not remember the night that Valerie said her spirit walked through her, I questioned if it really happened. Secondly, I don't know if I would use the word ghost. I strongly feel that I live with the spirits of my ancestors. Those I knew talked to me and give me guidance. I do believe in the ethereal world, and Emily's spirit was my introduction to this energy and light. So, were the experiences of my youth from my mind and a matter of mind-pandering will? Who knows? Do I care? Not really. Her spirit gave me the strength to deal with life's traumas all the time I lived in that house. Good one. I love how she writes. Way to go, Molly. It's really good. Yeah, that was good. I like that one a lot. Um, should I keep them coming? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hi, this is Liz, and I'm calling in to tell you a spooky, scary ghost story. (laughs) So when I was a teenager uh, in Kingston, Ontario, I worked at a bed and breakfast on the weekends doing the housekeeping. Scary already. And it's in a large (laughs) uh, Victorian mansion. And every Saturday and every Sunday... All the guests would leave for the day, and the owners would leave as well to go shopping and do errands for the business. And so I would turn, I'd be in the house by myself, and I would turn all the radios in all the rooms on so that as I was going from room to room, I could listen to the same radio show on CDC. Um, And so I'd be going in and out, stripping all the beds in and out, uh, emptying all the garbages, that sort of thing. Um, And at the end of the day, I would always go around and turn off all the radios. And sometimes what would happen is that I would go into a room where I turned off the radio and it would be on. And I thought, oh, I must have missed that. And then vice versa would happen. I would go into a room where I hadn't finished yet and the radio would be off. And I thought, that's funny. I'm sure I turned that radio on. This happened for the whole time I worked there. I thought nothing of it. I was just busy Crappy and just radios. figured mm-hmm. I would be, I was forgetful. She needs Bluetooth. Then, cut to a few years later, <laughs> I was working at the Haunted Walk in Kingston, which is um, a, a tour of haunted spots in Kingston. And the bed and breakfast no. where I worked was on the tour. And one of the stories, as corroborated by many previous employees of the bed and breakfast, was that there is a ghost that lives in the house and one of the things that ghost does is turn the radio no. off and on. So sometimes guests have woken up in the middle of the night and the radio has been on. Imagine. Uh, and so the whole time I was working at this bed and breakfast, I was inadvertently interacting with a ghost. I'm totally being followed around by Potentially. Ghosts. So that really creeps me out. But I was excited because I've never really Girl, had a ghost, ghost encounter. Stopped. Not as ghosted, good as Melody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's my scary story. Ooh. Pretty scary. I don't know if the ghost was making a critique of CBC, <laughs> but nothing bad happened to me I at the time. It was just creepy. Ah. Okay, that's my story. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. See you later. Bye. Um, I also worked at a bed and breakfast. Did you? That was also haunted. What? No, tell it us. It was called the Carmichael Inn and Spa yeah. on Somerset. It's no longer a spa. But uh, and the Carmichael I was, Ghosts and Such? Is that what it was called? <laughs> the Carmichael <laughs> Ghosts and Shit. <laughs> um, and people would, I never saw her, but people would say that stayed in a certain room that a woman was would always just walk up to the window in her nightgown and just pull the curtain and look at the window. And they'd be Ew. like, oh, she's she's looking at them anyway. And it was no, no one was ever scared. They just lay back down and went to bed. 
What? I hated cleaning that room. Yeah. Yes. Did it feel spooky? Yeah, the whole place was really spooky. Oh, so back to my aunt's story mm-hmm. that we heard. Oh, shit. I guess this is like part two. This was from part one, but whatever. I stayed in my aunt's guest room, and the feeling in the room was like, so the ceilings were probably, they were like normal height. They were definitely not low like my basement ceilings oh, are here, yeah. but it felt like you were in a room where the ceilings were like right above your head. Ooh. That's what it felt like. Yeah, heavy, like you said, eh? Mm-hmm. But it felt like close, like the Ooh, air, everything felt close. Just... <sighs> anyway. Yeah. I love it. Okay, this it. one's going to really give you the hibber jibbers. Oh, Hibs my jibs. Oh, Jesus. Hey, Melody, it's Kate. Uh, so here's hey. my story. It's a little long. I hope that's okay. It's okay, Kate. So it's like we're on the back phone. when my Uncle Fred was in university, his friend called him up to go to the cottage for a weekend. And his Uncle agreed, even though it wasn't <laughs> going to be a really relaxing Bruce weekend Willis. away. Uh, because the place had belonged to Andrew's grandmother and she had died that past winter the place needed to be fixed up to, to get ready to sell but it was a weekend away so my uncle agreed and the two of them packed up their stuff bought a two four and then on friday afternoon uh they set out and they left behind uh andrew's roommate who had the apartment to himself that weekend so it was about 9 p.m. and well after dark by the time they got there. Um, And because the driveway hadn't been uh, maintained and it had gotten so overgrown, they had to park on on the side of the road and then slowly carry all of their stuff, uh, unloading it from the car and into the cottage. The first thing they noticed that was odd was that as soon as they stepped over the property line, the sticky late summer heat that they'd been dealing with just vanished. And all of a sudden they were both shivering and they could not get warm. Big spot. So they unloaded the car, they brought in their luggage, their sleeping bag, the beer, and Fred built a fire, uh, even though it did, next to nothing to to get the place warm. So they cracked open the beers and shot the shit for a little while and fell asleep in their sleeping bags in the living room next to the fire. So the next part uh, was told to my uncle the next morning by, by Andrew because somehow he had slept through the whole thing. But at some point in the night, Andrew woke up to someone calling his name. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't mean or malicious. And in mm-hmm. fact, it sounded pretty kind and familiar. So when he woke up fully, he realized that that was actually his grandmother's voice that he was hearing. And it was coming from, the, from somewhere in one of the high corners of the room. No. She, he couldn't oh, see anything. He could just hear her voice, but she was asking him all the normal things that she normally would. She was just starting a conversation with him. And she asked him how he was and how school was going. Did he talk to her? And whether he was seeing anyone special. And he told her. He just had a conversation with her for about 20 minutes. Oh, my God. And eventually, he couldn't, he couldn't really ignore it for much longer. And he just said, Grandma, you know you're dead, right? <sighs> And immediately, her voice just disappeared. (gasps) And more than that, the place that had been frigid all of a sudden became swelteringly hot. (sighs) Like, he had to put the fire out immediately. He was completely bewildered by all of it. But he did that, and he opened the window, and he just spent the rest of the night lying in his sleeping bag and not sleeping. So the last weird thing uh, about this whole trip actually happened when we got back. (laughs) And as soon as they got in the door, Andrew's roommate came up to them and he was like, what the hell were you guys playing playing at on Friday? And Andrew was about to tell him, well, in fact, I've got a story for you. Um, When his roommate cut him off, he was like, I sat down at 9 o'clock to watch the Dukes of Hazzard and... 
I see you walk in the front door even though you left hours earlier. And I called your name and you didn't even respond. What? And then before I saw you, that wasn't leave, his grandma. you came back in that time carrying sleeping bags. And then again, you came back in carrying a case of beer. And I got up chasing after you and you just disappeared. Is there up in the time space continuum? And of course, all I had to do place. was yeah. tell him that he had, in fact, been at the cottage that night at that time. And sometime in the middle of the night, he spent 20 minutes talking to his dead grandmother. Jesus. All right. Sleep well. Yeah, right, Kate. Fucking Thanks Kate. a lot. <laughs> Kate. Nobody really thinks. Kate's number one. one. She's great. That was good. From the up, up in the corner of the room nope. where it's dark. <laughs> Don't say it. I'm looking up ghost spot or cold spots right now on my phone. My bio. Oh. So oh, excited. Yeah. But there's some, uh, the reason I'm online right now is because there's some type of ghost that takes on the form of different, what is doppelganger? What's the word here? <gasps> I have so many Shapeshifter? Those are just like, that's different. Mean creatures. Or just creatures that can change shape. Right. Yeah. But not a ghost. It's not a type of ghost. Not as ghosty, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm very <laughs> excited right now. <laughs> I'm not. Good. Uh, so while you're looking that up, I'll quick tell a cold spot story. Part of my aunt's story at her house that mm-hmm. she didn't mention, because there's so many little things. She couldn't have possibly said them all, but there was, her son was very, very colicky, and he would mm. cry and cry and cry and cry for hours, and there's nothing she could do. And it's very frustrating mm-hmm. when your baby cries and cries for hours and you can't mm-hmm. do anything, especially when you're already sleep-deprived. And so mm-hmm. she put him, she got really, like, you know, frustrated and angry. And she put him in his crib and flopped herself down on this rocking chair and immediately became like freezing cold. Like she sat down and was surrounded by this cold spot until she got back up and picked up her baby again. Oh my God. I used to cook hair. (laughs) (laughs) I used to cook hair. The Dibbic box in Hebrew language known as U or Kafsat Dibbic is a wine cabinet which is said to be haunted by a Dibbic. A Dibbic is a restless, usually malicious spirit believed to be able to haunt and even possess the living. The box gained notoriety when it was auctioned on eBay with an accompanying horror story written by Kevin Manis and is the original inspiration for the 2012 film The Possession. But it's real and it's on every ghost show you watch. The Dybbuk box guy, he's been on all the ghost shows telling a story. And he kept it in the basement yeah. of his store. Yeah. And there was a girl that worked there and she went downstairs and was like, like ran out. Like the place was, everything was smashing around her. Like there was no. a wind inside, like crazy uh, shit. Yes. Dybbuk box. Dybbuk. Okay. Typical. <laughs> and there was shit in it. Like there was hair in it. Ew. And like, a, like there was, no. yes, yes. I'm trying there was to hair quick. in it? Yeah. It was like a little pretty box, and then they opened You're supposed to just hold wine, but it had all these little things in it. Like trinkets. Mm-hmm. Sarah, don't you have Super a hair, like a locket of hair yeah, that's that really framed me out. with... My grandpa. I'm sleeping with the... Yeah. It's, a, like, cha- it's his christening picture, mm-hmm. and then there's like a, a locket of his baby hair. That's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it is spooky. It's totally spooky. <laughs> you know what? I went to this um, really nice vegan cafe in North Bay last weekend with my best friend. And I was like, oh, totally it's so haunted. great. It's so nice. And then there were fucking those old pictures of people. And I was like, is that guy alive in that photo? Or is this one of those ones where they would like take pictures of the dead? Oh. And they might have been all over the place. I was like, oh, I don't know if the owner of this cafe knows that like those aren't just pretty old timey photos. Like, like that guy's of dead fucking people. dead. Dude, <laughs> in a vegan cafe. In a vegan <laughs> cafe. And then I was telling her all about the slaughter, and I was like, why is everybody looking at me like that? <laughs> oh, it's V. Oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, and there was a picture of a baby too. Oh, yeah. You know, I was there when my grandpa died. And, oh wow. Uh, yeah, and I, it fully felt him leave. Wow. And it wasn't till about 15 minutes after, like, he, quote-unquote, died. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he died of lung cancer, 
Um, and he was at a Elizabeth Breer, the the hospice yeah. place or whatever. Oh, okay. And we were all there that night. My mom like insisted I come, and I wasn't too keen on going because I found it really upsetting. Obviously, yeah. yeah. And my uncle came down from Toronto. Everyone happened to be there, and we were all in the room. And then my nana. For some reason, we all left, and it was totally weird. It was like my uncle left to go find a box of Kleenex. My mom left to go find gum. My Aunt Judy left to go get a nurse to ask about getting water. My Everybody left the room except for my Nana and, like, kind of scattered. And she said, John, it's okay. You can go now. And he wow. just took one last, like, <sighs> exhale, and that was it. And then we all walked in, like, seconds after that, we all came, returned from our weird random chores yeah uh and then we came in and it felt the same and then about like 15 minutes later suddenly it didn't feel the same and i felt like his energy or whatever like big in the room and really really fill up the room and then it was out of the room and then he wasn't there and it was so tangible that it was like as if like you walked out of the room like it wasn't Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm feeling something. It was like someone's here and now they're not. And there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they say 21 crazy. grams leave your body that they can't account for when you die. And they think it's your soul. Have you ever heard of these haunted dolls that people sell on eBay? Yes, I've seen a video. Like, you don't know how obsessed I am with this. You, have you not tell seen us about, move? Tell us about haunted oh dolls. Annabelle. Oh, and then we Annabelle. have to talk about Dear David. Penny's always talking yes, about this Annabelle do. thing. She made me buy her a $100 fucking doll. I never buy shit for yeah. my kids, so I, like, you know, fine. It was this big deal. I got this stupid fucking Maple Leah doll or whatever, some shit. Hundred dollar doll. Hundred dollar yeah. fucking yeah. doll, yeah. Yeah. Hundred dollar dollar doll, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and then Penny never played with it, and I kept finding it in my room, and I was like, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, finally pulled me aside. She's like, Mom, I'm so scared of that doll. We need to get rid of it. I don't want it in my room. I oh, want anywhere babe. near me. I'm glad like, you all right, you. let's get the fuck rid of it. You're like, Bomb, yeah, I'm in. out. Yeah. Fucking hate that shit too. I had a big doll, Amelia. She was semi life size. Mm. Yeah. She, she lived in the attic because I was like, uh uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. get out. But then I was so worried that she was mad at me for banishing her to the attic that she's going to come out and fucking kill me. Oh, man. Ugh. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Annabelle was a Raggedy Ann doll. No. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, the, never let the movie know they this. made about it was, again, based on this shit that I've watched so much YouTube on. Okay. So. There's a, a clip online of her, and people are like, it choked me. It did this, like, all the time. So this museum got it for being the most haunted thing in the world, and it started on eBay, eBay, I think. And then there's, like, a security nighttime video of her, like, just, like, moving in the case. She, like, oh, falls over. I can't and it's like, whoa. Like, it feels bad to watch. Crazy. But how crazy was that earlier? Who said that they saw the boxes moving in the apartment? Julie. Yeah. Julie. Yeah. That's cool, because that's normally what you see the video of, or that you hear. Oh, I heard a, heard something bouncing or doing whatever upstairs. Well, in the closet she's talking about, it's like a regular door usually, and mm-hmm. in the closet goes to either side. It's like yeah. really wide yeah. and narrow, right? So I'm imagining they stuffed all of their belongings in these garbage bags in there. We're not talking like a couple of garbage bags in wall, an far. open closet. Yeah. Like we're talking about in a behind little. The wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Shit mm-hmm. moves. Whew. So when shit moves, it's not a slice in time. It's just an angry fucking spirit. Yeah. Or tidy. Just super tidy. Did you guys ever have dreams where (laughs) where people you know that were dead come and talk to you? Yeah. And and it's like they're dead still and you're like, you're fucking dead. You're fucking, oh my God, can we hug? And it's the best hug ever. Absolutely, it's the best. My grandpa. Dreams, did you say? My papa. Dreams, yeah. They say that people, I don't know. They say that people visit you. I think my grandma did when I was pregnant with Holly. Cool. Yeah. Holly Virginia? Yeah. Virginia like she your was, grandma? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. shit. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And my mom had all of these dreams about my grandma BB, my dad's mom, that she was looking for her pearls. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. So she came to her in multiple dreams saying, you got to find my pearls. Where are my pearls? Because when they, like, she was an older lady with all this Victorian stuff, like Tiffany silver ladles and, um, you know, like hutches and fucking all the stuff. But my mom says that she had all these dreams of my grandma looking for her pearls. And they thought, you know, she's an older lady of a certain generation. Like she had pearls, but they didn't find any in her stuff. Mm -hmm. And she said that 
at the local jewelers, they actually tracked down her pearls. She'd left them for repair, like oh to get them God. restrung. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my best friend died when I was 15, and I had seen so many ghosts that I was I had such a hard time for so many. I was like, why won't you fucking come and see me? I know you can. I can see all the other guys. Where are you? Yeah. I was so mad, and, and we had gotten into a fight before he died, so it was really, like, dramatic. But I always have this dream, and I'm always back in my house in Armpire, and he just walks in the front door. And sometimes he's a man, and yeah. he to grow oh up, and it's just so beautiful. And I'm mm. like, oh, my God, you're fu- oh my God, you're a fucking man. And he's like, yeah, it's you. Come here, hug me. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, and I, it gets so stimulating that it wakes me up every fucking time. Yeah. I can't hold it and stay with him, and I hate it. And I haven't dreamt about him in a long time. But to backtrack again, because I truly have so many ghost stories. I was begging and begging and begging him to come. And I think he came one day and I said out loud, I was like, wait, I'm scared. Because there was light under my door and I heard somebody walk. It was just me home. I heard somebody walk up the stairs, walk up the old creaky hallway and <gasps> stand at my door. And I was like, he's fu- I knew it was him. I was like, he's fucking here. And I was so scared. I was like, wait, 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 just wait. And then he fucking walked away. You heard him walk away? Yeah. <gasps> I have such And there was nobody in my house. But I know, I know that it was him. Like, and we had a friendship that, like, not to fucking. Anyway, it was really like star-crossed, like best, best friends in the whole world. Like he yeah, was like, like the love of loves. my life. Like yeah. he was just amazing. So, it's really intense. The uh, end. T- tell us another ghost story. Okay. Well, when I was medicated as a teenager for, I was medicated for being a sad little lady. And I would see a lot more shit when that happened. Mm. Um, and I remember being on the back step of my house and there was this forest in the back. And it was just fucking dark figures in every branch you can imagine. It was like oh. I was tripping out. And my sister was beside me, I remember, and I was just fucking crying. And I was like, they're just fucking, I don't want to see ghosts anymore. I'm really sad. I was just so yeah. bummed out like about all the ghosts, you know? And then it started to fade out and I moved to Almont. Yeah. And then they were just in the corners of my eyes and now they're just... So when I pay attention to it, I feel like we can open that part of our mind up if we, like, exercise it. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that mine's out of shape. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's listen to Devry. Devry, who was on the last show? This one's not so scary. It's a bit of a lady taking matters into her own hands sort of story. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Hi, Tigers. Devry here. I've got a ghost story for you. So this happened in... 2003, 2004, I believe, I was working at the Perth Manor, which is this beautiful old Victorian house in Perth. It was built in the late 1800s, and I think this is my second or third summer working there. And I had heard some stories about, you know, things being moved when they shouldn't have been moved, or things being on when they were off, or... There was this one story about the uh, daughter of the family, uh, when she passed away, the night that she died, the mirror in her old bedroom in the house fell off the wall and broke. So I'd heard some of these ghost stories, but I'd never actually seen or experienced anything for myself while I was working there. And... Then I was, I had to get up quite early in the morning to get to work. I had to be there at 5.30 in the morning. And there was one morning when I was woken up out of a sound sleep, there's a knock at my door. (gasps) And it was a really loud, strong knock. And I jump out of bed and I run to the door. And I think, I think I'm late for work. I think I've slept through my alarm. It's my boss's knocking on my door to wake me up. So I open the door and there's nobody there, just an empty, dark hallway. And I'm confused and I think, what, you know, I, what's going on? I know I heard this, it's happening. I go back to my room and I look at the clock and it's only 4.30 in the morning. My alarm hasn't even gone off yet. And I think, okay, you know, maybe... Like, the cook came and knocked on my door for some reason or something. But I don't... She's not there now, so I don't need to worry about it. I'm going to go back to bed. So I go back to bed and, uh, you know, get up for work in, you know, 45 minutes and go upstairs. I'm asking the cook if she 
if she came down and knocked on my door, because at that time, we're the only staff on site at that time in the morning. And she says, nope, absolutely not. She didn't come knock on my door. And so I think, well, maybe it could have been a guest, but that doesn't really make sense. Because to get to my apartment, you have to go through the kitchen, which is the staff-only area, uh, through this the door, down these stairs, down this long hallway, uh, you know, past the laundry room, then my apartment's on the right with another door. And so it'd be very weird for a guest to even really know where that was or know that I was living down there. So it doesn't really make sense. So I think maybe it's, maybe it was David and Michael, uh, the owners. Maybe they knocked on my door. So when they come into work, I ask them, hey, guys, you know, did one of you knock on my door early this morning? And they say, no, absolutely not. And so I tell them about these, the knocking on my door. And Michael says, oh, oh well, that's probably just Frank. <laughs> and well, this is the first I had ever heard of Frank. <laughs> Um, I didn't know <laughs> who Frank was. So apparently, uh, for, for a period of time, the Perth Manor was actually a nursing home. Oh, and God. during that time, one of the residents, Frank, liked to smoke in bed. And one oh. night, he fell asleep. His cigarette caught the bed on fire. And he perished in that oh, fire. Christ. And apparently now was residing in the basement of the Perth Manor. And so I didn't really know what to do with this information. I was definitely scared of ghosts. um, And I was definitely also living here. I didn't, you know, I wasn't moving out. Um, And so I decided to uh, try and communicate with Frank. Because he seems pretty, he seemed pretty cool for a ghost. At that point, the only contact no we had was him knocking on my door. Uh, so, you know, he definitely didn't seem angry. Um, so I sat in the middle of the apartment floor, trying to be in this calm, kind of meditative space. And I just let Frank know. I tell him that I respect him. I am not here to uh, invade his space. I hope that we can cohabitate together, that I'm only going to be there temporarily. I really tried to express to Frank that I was uh, there as uh, a respectful and loving guest. And I never, I never heard from him after that. So I hope, I hope that my communication was received and I hope that he has has now moved on and is at peace and is no longer hanging out in the in the basement at the manor. That's all. So best wishes to Frank and love to <laughs> you lovely lady tigers. Wow. Hope to see you soon. Mwah. That was wow. so great. <laughs> okay. okay, we have one more. Hi, uh, my name's David Bolt and I have a story for you guys. Uh let me introduce it as saying I'm not one who easily believes in ghosts and the supernatural, but this story changed my mind. Years ago, we were on a family vacation to PEI. We found a great cottage owned by a farmer. It was in a big field near the ocean with nothing around for miles except the farmer's house and a few other cottages uh, scattered about. It was early in the tourist season, so there was no other people in the nearby cottages. Hurricane Bob had followed us up from Nova Scotia, and we experienced some high winds and rain at times. Then one night, the eye of the hurricane arrived. I woke up in the middle of the night and noticed how calm it was outside. I went out to the porch to enjoy the peace and quiet and the incredible stars and noticed that I wasn't alone. I noticed a young, light-haired woman standing facing the ocean. She was wearing a white nightgown that billowed gently in the breeze. I assumed she was doing what I was doing, just enjoying the calm before the storm returned. After a bit, I went back and went back to, back to bed and didn't think much about it till later the next day. We were returning from an excursion and came across from the farmer. We stopped to chat, and I told him how nice it had been to go out in the middle of the night and see the stars. When I told him about the young woman, he got a quizzical look on his face and said there was, wasn't anyone around for miles, and his nearest neighbor was, had been traveling. 
He had no idea who this woman was, nor what she was doing in the middle of his field. I realized as he was telling me this that I just had a really weird experience. I saw her as clear as day. She was too far for me to greet her easily without yelling, which would have woken everybody up, of course. I wondered to this day what would have happened if I'd gone over to chat with her. That was my experience, and it changed my view. Thanks. (laughs) Imagine she just kept turning around. It was just always the back of her. Ew, shut up. <laughs> you stop hurting my feelings. <laughs> Fuck you. That's Make her so lactate. scary. <laughs> From fear. <laughs> Sour milk tonight, baby. <laughs> that shit is curdled. <laughs> I'm not having any fun. Sarah's feeling really anxious. Her baby's at home screaming for her. So My chair's turned around. I'm like... Her oh, head is on backwards. Really <laughs> it's not the chair. It's you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and real quick, we didn't cover Dear David. Dear David. I don't know if you guys even want the Dear David because it's not real. Time. It's known to be fake. Yeah, it's Aww. totally fake. It's a Twitter ghost story. I mean, yeah. I the pictures get like pretty, like, crazy at the end. But it's pretty. It's a fun ride, though. It's a fun ride. I might Google not be it. Able to, yeah. Yeah. Just Google it, people. I'm going to tell you guys a real life ghost story here. Okay. So these were not. These were <laughs> all a all lie. Y'all. Yeah, the rest Sarah's of them were made up. With the truth bombs. This is a real life ghost story. <laughs> this is one's real. Okay. After I had my first daughter, I turned out I had hypothyroidism that I didn't know about, which really fucks your brain up. Like it doesn't just fuck your body up; it makes it kind of cuckoo. Uh, and then I also had postpartum psychosis, which went undiagnosed. And it wasn't until years later that we realized what was happening. Mm. And I was 100, 100% convinced that um, Greg was going to kill me and my mm. daughter. So I would lie in bed at night with Penelope and Greg. And he would get up to get Kleenex because he <laughs> He's always got allergies. <laughs> and he'd come back in and I'd sit bolt right and I'd be like, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Show me what's in your hand. Because you couldn't, I was, oh my God. I didn't think it was a knife. I fucking knew it was a knife and he Whoa. was going to stab us to death. We also had a downstairs neighbor, Talus, and we had an axe in the garage. And I okay. got it in my head that Alex, t- Talus was going to axe us. A question? No. Like he was going to murder, murder, murder us house? fucking axe. Um, so I was always up listening for that. Uh, and then it started getting really bad where beyond just paranoid thoughts, cause I also thought Penny was maybe like, um, from another alternate universe. Like I was positive. I think that's true. But yeah. That's I actually that's true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mine was negative. Like I thought, you know how you like watch your baby sleep. Mm-hmm. I couldn't look at her sleeping cause I thought she'd open her eyes and they'd be black. You know, so I couldn't, like, look. And I knew that wasn't real, but I couldn't make it not be real. Yeah. So then I started seeing things in the walls. So, like, people in the walls, as if the walls, like, that balloon skin stuff, (gasps) and, like, arms would come out. Oh, God. In my bedroom. Um, and, and at one time I remember being in, I had to stop taking baths because I was in the bath and those kind of arms where the mm. walls, like a balloon or whatever, but it was the bathtub came yeah. up and tried to like grab me into the bath. And I remember you could write trying a very to tell, good horror film. Yeah. I remember <laughs> trying to tell Greg about it a bit and he told me to stop, uh, like entertaining my fear as if I was like. You know, having fun with it. But I don't like scary things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. this went on for, like, really heavily for a year and then petered off. But, like, I had a year where it was just... Oh, my God. It was so scary all the time. All the time. And, like, no one understood. Nobody understood. And I had no one to talk to about it. I didn't really have any friends at all. And... I mean, I just met Greg and had a baby. Yeah. And I didn't want people to know I wasn't, like doing a good job right yeah that's it's not easy to say that shit's not good yeah. ever let alone say you're seeing arms coming arms out the coming wall out and the fucking walls so yeah. scary it was just keep it to yourself oh boy have a tea so that's my real life ghost story because it's yeah. like my brain being a ghost there's a house vasilla i don't know it's a place somewhere but it's the axe house and the entire family was like chopped apart okay. and it's the most 
haunted place ever, and people can go on ghost tours in there nope. and, and sleep there at night. It's so haunted. Uh, stupid I wouldn't want to sleep there. Speaking of axes. That's stupid. Well, I want to ax you, Justine. Yeah. Do you have anything to plug today? Hair. Plugs. Um, I wear every earplugs time. to sleep every night, and if I don't, I freak out. Okay. But I'm going to yeah. plug, I'm going to plug the Lifted Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my cousin Thea and I um, are trying to normalize cannabis and put our own little touch on it. So Lifted Sisters, we're on YouTube, uh, we're on Instagram, we're on the internet. Nice. Let's yeah, you are. Smoke it. Yeah. Sarah? You can find me at littlerightcrew.art. On and Instagram. On, oh, yeah, on Instagram and on Facebook. How about you, Melody? You Stark can Weather. find me on all of those places, but if you go to melodystarkweather.ca, all of the links are there. Hey, my social media places. And the show <laughs> is at teachmetigerpodcast.ca. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on the iTunes and the Stitcher and Google Play and all of that stuff. And if you really enjoy our shows like we enjoy doing them, it would help us a lot if you subscribe. And give uh, us stars. Give all us of them. stars, all of your stars. And share with your friends. That would be really helpful because yeah. we'd love to widen yeah. our net. Tell a pal. And call us, man, and, and tell us stories and ask us questions and shit. Oh, yeah. See so you we got, again when we do this about aliens. Yeah, so we want to do aliens. Okay. Like, uh, my friend suggested near-death experiences could be interesting. Oh, my God. I yeah. just can't leave this chair. Or getting um, arrested. Getting arrested, yeah. Near-arrested near or arrested experiences. Amazing. Um, so send us whatever stories you have, and we'll just fucking build a show around it. Yeah. Heck, yeah. And send us more ghost stories because we'll fucking do this again. This is a blast. Maybe Sarah will have to like take an Ativan first. Oh, I'd love that. Whoever's got the Ativan, fucking let me at it. Bring it over. <laughs> I miss that. Give me some Ativan. Yeah. And, and remember, it's, it's a, a jungle, jungle out there. <laughs> or it's dark and stormy out there. With your <laughs> finger up, everybody listen. Skid, <laughs> <laughs> skid. You skid now? You skid now? I'm skid. <laughs>